Welcome to Season 5 of the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom, where we talk with enterprise and technology platform leaders about the people, processes, and platforms that make marketing and customer experience successful, scalable, and sustainable. This is what creates an Agile brand. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom, advisor and consultant for Fortune 1000 marketing and CX leaders and teams as principal and chief strategist at GK5A and best-selling author, keynote speaker, entrepreneur, and Agile certified coach. The Agile Brand Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to teksystems.com. To sign up for the Agile Brand newsletter and get the latest insights and articles on marketing technology and CX, or to purchase a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, go to gregkillstrom.com. You can also find all my books on Amazon and other retailers. And now on to the show. Welcome to a special episode of the Agile Brand Podcast that we call the Agile Brand Guide to Entrepreneurship. While entrepreneurs are often lauded with creating new businesses and new ideas, it is more often the case that change agents working within organizations or entrepreneurs are responsible for innovation and for seeing those new ideas through to completion. The Agile Brand Guide to Entrepreneurship shares stories and insights from leaders within organizations that had the courage to create new ways to move a business forward. Hi, this is Greg, and I'm joined by my co-host, Adam Chen. Uh, Adam, you are going to be co-hosting this entrepreneurship series of episodes throughout the year. So why don't you introduce yourself? Thanks, Greg. It's wonderful to finally having this happen. We've been talking about entrepreneurship, I think, on and off for, for a number of years now. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited that you've welcomed me on to be a co-host here for 2023. I am uh, currently president of a SaaS property technology company called Amenity Link. But throughout my career, uh, I've really fancied myself an innovator, but I've always worked really on client side. You know, as a marketer, First and foremost, and a communicator, uh, many of my peers kind of went the agency route. And I think my experience really working client side has given me a unique insight into innovation that happens kind of behind the scenes. And I'm, I'm really excited to kind of dig into, you know, what it takes and, and you know, hopefully through my experiences, others can uh, gain some value. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you and I go... Uh, way back, I would say, you know, back to the Carousel 30 Days, my marketing agency. And yeah, it's a former client. And now, uh, yeah, I've been been working, a, working on a number of different things together. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to kick this off. So, you know, in this, our, our uh, inaugural episode of this entrepreneurship series, we're going to talk about what it means to be an entrepreneur and even what that term means. Uh, and and we'll, we'll get to that sooner than later. And just why these people, these internal change agents are such a critical part of businesses today. So why don't we start with the definitions? And Adam, I'll, I'll, I'll put this to you. You know, how do you define an entrepreneur and what distinguishes them from just a really good employee? Yeah, I don't know. Th thanks for, uh, for teeing that up. You know, I think there's a lot of synonyms that get thrown around that, you know, lead into what the definition of entrepreneur is. Uh, you just mentioned one, change agents. You know, change agents are certainly something that's common lexicon, I think, in business. And in, in my intro, I even mentioned innovation. And I think at the core of what an entrepreneur is, is really who's the innovator, 
You know, who's that person that's going to think how to do things differently, right? And that's how businesses move forward. I think entrepreneurship gets all the headlines, you know, especially I think for for maybe some of those earlier in their career out there, you know, especially with the pandemic that we've just been through, you know, a lot of people broke out on their own, you know, and started their own thing. And there's certainly appealing, uh, you know, attributes doing so, you know, you, you're kind of in charge of your own day, you know, you can really drive the ship, you don't have any, any, anyone to answer to. Right, but at the core of what an entrepreneur does is really innovating. You're trying to bring something that's maybe a great concept in one vertical and bringing it to another vertical, right? And really transform the world, you know, potentially. So, so I guess on an entrepreneur, it's you know, how do you take that same concept but do it within an organization? And it's inherently different because there's a lot more guardrails, and maybe that's a good thing. That could be a detriment too. I think with entrepreneurship, certainly. The world's your oyster. You know, the the flip side of that is you can easily get distracted. You know, how, how do you keep your eye on the prize? And especially when you're trying to grow something and it's really what I'm trying to do now as, you know, within this SaaS startup that that we're running. It's it's challenging to do that on your own. You have to fight for the resources to get some of that stuff. So your your focus is a little bit maybe not so much on the innovation, but more how am I gonna make this a viable business model? How am I gonna keep it going? How am I gonna afford to hire the people I need to that'll help me on this journey. You know, flip that to now you're within an organization, different challenges, but this still the end goal is the same. Now you have maybe some of those resources at your disposal, but the flip side is you have a lot more politics you have to play. You don't have that because you're, you know, maybe a lone wolf or a small team or you're in charge on the entrepreneur side. On the entrepreneur side, you have to play those politics and navigate the environment. Yes, the funding is there, but you have to make the case for that. And maybe how to get the buy-in is a little bit different. You know, if, if an entrepreneur is talking to a VC firm to try to get funding, that might be a very different type of conversation, um, you know, than the CFO or the CEO within an organization. And, you know, how do you get that buy-in? So I think it's obviously intuitive to say an entrepreneur is very similar to an entrepreneur, right? And I think what will be very interesting as we continue this conversation and this whole podcast series is really to understand the nuance you know, between the two, because I think there are certainly different skills needed to be successful. There are certainly transferable skills between the two, but there's definitely some uniqueness there. Yeah. I mean, I, I yeah. think, yeah, totally. I totally agree with what you're saying, but uh, you know, I think you brought up a few kind of categories of things and you know, we're not going to have time to talk about all of these, but I think it might even give us a framework for what we want to talk about in the, in the months ahead, which is, you know, there, there are certain, and I, I've seen entrepreneurs become successful entrepreneurs, you know, and and vice versa as well as as I'm sure you have as well. But you know, it comes down to a few things. So risk looks very different intra versus entra. You know, innovation even looks different. You know, sometimes there's you know some an entrepreneur it might be big eye innovation versus small eye innovation. You know, in a in a Fortune 50 company innovation looks very different versus, you know, a, a startup that there's no constraints. And I think constraints is, is a big one too, is, you know, that, that constraints can be a good thing and a bad thing. I mean, I, I actually like having some kind of, even though I'm, I've been an entrepreneur, I'm an independent consultant now, I do actually like constraints. And so I work well, working in large organizations where I'm kind of vicariously dealing with bureaucracy and 
and constraints and stuff. But some people, they don't want that. They're, they're so limited by that and their ideas are, are better for not having that. And then there's some people that just thrive within not even necessarily a challenging environment internally, because not every company is difficult to work in, but they have their established processes, procedures, platforms, you know, all, all of that kind of stuff. And, and so an entrepreneur to me is someone who thrives in that and finds ways to be not even, you know, big, they big eye innovative within those constraints um, as well. Cause I think, to answer my own question about, you know, what distinguishes from a really good employee, I think a really good employee can do small innovations without being a, a big change agent and and that kind of entrepreneur that I think you and I are, have been talking about for a while here. I think an, a true entrepreneur is someone that really finds a way to massively, you know, expand something or do something just brand new with the resources and within the constraints of, of what's already going on. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and to piggyback yet yeah, to, to your point, I guess it's not uh, an entrepreneur isn't just like your fortune 50 R and D head, right? Like right. It, it's not somebody that's almost tasked with doing it. It's someone that organically identifies maybe there's some opportunity and right. Maybe seizes the day and just kind of makes it their own challenge. Um, yeah. You know, maybe they're intrinsically driven to to try to find some of that stuff, uh, you know, and identify where that is. I think what's nice about entrepreneurship versus entrepreneurship, because certainly I've been on both sides of that fence now, is just what you have to focus on. I don't get bogged down with certain things, you know, as an entrepreneur, because you know, certain things will be taken care of. You know, most organizations will have an accounting department. So maybe you don't have to figure out and define what those SOPs are for, for revenue collection, right? Right. And you can really focus at the task at hand. And I think so maybe a little bit more narrowly focused, but I think potentially the impact could be much larger, even sometimes in entrepreneurship, right? Because the speed to market, you have the additional resources behind you that maybe you can you can accelerate some of the rollout of whatever that change was, you know, and then there's existing communication channels. And you said bureaucracy, but bureaucracy can work in your favor too, because there are clearly defined lines and responsibilities within a lot of these organizations that just sometimes don't exist in a, you know, startup or, you know, small entrepreneur led company. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we've both played leadership roles in, in organizations and, you know, there's, there are those employees that again, really good employees, but they're going to be there for two, three years and then move on in their careers. And then, then there's those people that, you know, there's something special about them and you want to, you want to keep them and, you know, they're destined for great things, whether they're in the organization that you're in or, or, or not. How do you think a leader should think about that you know are, are these people are they threats to that leader are they is there an opportunity for leaders to grow entrepreneurs and you know and and help the company thrive like how, how do leaders how should leaders think about that i think it takes a certain type of leader I think that's where it all starts. Um, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, the threat, potential threat. And I think that in my experience working within large and small organizations, that's probably the biggest hurdle. You know, so many people are are driven by ego, perhaps. And I don't necessarily say that with a positive or negative intent. Everyone has an ego sure. to a certain extent. But it, it gets in the way. And I think it takes a certain self-awareness of that leader to see, to be able to identify and help nurture people along that journey and not see them as a threat, 
you know, so maybe it's a little bit of confidence too, I think that goes in there. I, I guess what I'm kind of ideating around is soft skills. And I hate using the word soft skills, but you need to look for some of these intangible attributes. You know, and I don't think I'm not so, you know, nature oriented versus the nurture. I definitely believe in the growth mindset, but it takes somebody that kind of comes to the table already with that kind of mindset. And then maybe looks at the organization much more broadly than their own self ambitions. So I think it starts with the leadership team. So imagine I'm a CEO and I'm looking at first, you know, building my leadership team to then foster, you know, innovation in my company or something like that. I, before even I try to identify that entrepreneur or that change agent themselves, first I'm trying to create the environment and looking for leaders that can help create that environment where that can thrive. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think once you create the right environment, these entrepreneurs will surface themselves, right? You, everyone knows who the rock stars with, are within their organization. I think the danger is that if you handcuff those rock stars, you know, they're going to look elsewhere. And I think that's even more of a threat today because there's so many more options out there. And I think employees, yeah. you know, expectations are a little bit different and the power has shifted a little bit more of, you know, it's not that I need this job. And if this job isn't aligned with what I want and what I need at this moment in my life, I'm going to go find it elsewhere. So it takes that again, goes back to that leadership team and the environment that they're able to create so that they foster that, they identify those people, but then they identify how we can retain them and keep them and keep them challenged. So you start getting into motivation. You know, what is it that motivates entrepreneurs and change agents at all levels of your organization? Yeah. Right. And being able to tailor that so you can bring out the best in people. That I in my experience is a very rare, rare trait. Before we continue, let's take a quick break. If you're like many marketing leaders today, you're inundated with a need to improve the customer experience across an increasing number of channels and touch points, all while ensuring your team is performing well, innovating, and continuously improving. So how do you find the time to determine what's next for you, your team, your brand, and your customers? My company, GK5A, can help. Whether it is advisory services, evaluation of marketing technology platforms and solutions, or digital agencies and implementation partners, or assistance with creating strategic roadmaps and prioritization of efforts, we've done it all and served as an ally to Fortune 1000 brands and in industries like financial services, healthcare, consumer electronics, professional services, and more. You can learn more about these services and contact us at www.gk5a. That's www.gk5a.com. Now let's get back to the show. To me, what you're talking about kind of describes culture, right? Like there needs to be a culture that where there's room. Uh, you know, I've, I've been, I've been an employee a few times, you know, it's been, it's been a little while, but you know, it's, um, I've been at some organizations where there was actually room for me to like go off and, oh, Greg came up with this crazy idea, let him run with it or whatever. And then I've been at organizations that there isn't room, you know, if you don't, you know, you're, you're paid to do a job and just do it and kind of keep your head down or whatever. And, and I'm, you know, to me that part of that is, is culture. Sometimes, you know, someone is just wildly creative and they just don't, their, their ideas and uh, just don't fit the organization. I wouldn't call that a fault of the leaders. If you're, you know, 
if your business makes bicycles and you come up with a great pet food idea, like that's great, but it probably doesn't belong in the bicycle company, you know, so that's, that's where you strike out on your own and, or, and, or get a different job. But I mean, I think as long as it kind of fits within the, the, the realm of the business, there does need to be room for these people to, to be able to grow. If not, no one should be surprised that they leave and perhaps go out on their own. And and then, then it kind of comes back to what you were saying earlier, which is one to, and to build on that a little bit, I don't think everyone is destined to be an entrepreneur. I think that's, it's not that it's harder to do that than it is to be an entrepreneur or just, uh, you know, an employee or whatever it is. I just think that, there are certain people that are really good at being entrepreneurs. And, you know, some of those people have started 10 companies and all sold all of them and done what been wildly successful. And then there's other people that are just better suited to that than than being an employee. But I think a lot of those people that get disillusioned and think they're entrepreneurs go, they strike out on their own because they're, you know, they're because they're disillusioned and then they quickly find out, Oh, wow, I have to know about, I mean, that was, it's like my, from my own experience, like starting my marketing agency back in the day, it's like, oh, wow, I have to know how to read contracts and I have to know how to, I'm a web designer, you know, I have to, I have to know accounting and HR and, and all this stuff. So I guess that, that leads me to, you know, one of the other things that I, I know we wanted to talk about, which is how do I know if I am an entrepreneur or not? You know, like what is, what, what is the makings of that? Not even versus something else, but just, you know, what, what what do you think are some of the characteristics that that identify an entrepreneur? Yeah, you know, it's funny. Until we started talking about this, I would have never called myself an entrepreneur. But you know, in reflection, after many of our conversations, you know, I, I'm uh, getting much more comfortable. <laughs> I think <laughs> defining myself as such. So you know, I'll talk through from my lens. You know, I think it, it, it's funny. You, you mentioned the word risk earlier, and I think that's a defining difference. I think between those entrepreneurs and those entrepreneurs. You know, it's certainly risk tolerance. I think striking down your own and starting your own thing certainly has a certain level of risk associated with it. And not just financial risk, but as you alluded to, you know, knowledge risk. Like maybe I just don't know how to do certain functions that make a business run or, you know, can help bring this new innovation to market or or, or something to that to that standpoint. But that's not to say that entrepreneurs aren't also uh, are completely risk averse, right? They're also also certainly have certain risk tolerances. Uh, it's just skinned a little bit differently. Yeah. You know, I think myself, I know I've always been you know focused on kind of career pro- pro- progression, right? As I've moved from company to company and and role to role, now now to where I'm, you know, president of a company. The risk for me was: Do I put my neck out there and threaten this path I've created for myself? So it's maybe you know, an opportunity cost of like, I, you know, if I get laid off or this doesn't work out, I can always find another job. There's certainly, you know, that kind of like talk track there, but it's not like I'm personally staking, you know, my, my home or my car. And, you know, so, and maybe that also creates a little bit more freedom to take some chances too, because, you know, you're not going to be, you know, you're, in Maslow's hierarchy, you know, you're still going to have a roof over your head. You still have all this other stuff where if I've mortgaged my future, you know, for this thing, I've kind of thrown all my eggs into that one basket. So I think that's one thing, but you know, I, I do think it's hard to identify because I've seen change agents with very different personas throughout my career. You know, I've seen the 
quiet folks, you know, that kind of operate through other people and maybe don't beat their chest, right? Yeah. But are are just brilliant, you know, and, and it almost takes somebody else to promote them for people to even understand how impactful that they really were, right? Yeah. But then on the other side, you've got these very charismatic people in your organization that just somehow can rally everyone and, you know, say the right things and kind of bring that stuff to market. So I think the source of the true innovation can take many flavors, but I think collectively it's also about how the entrepreneur can build a team of some sort around them to help roll it out. Yeah. So it takes yeah. Whether you have it or not, it takes somebody with a little bit of charisma to operate within that bureaucracy and get this. Whether it's the buy-in or, or you know, the adoption that's necessary, right, to get to get traction. But it also takes, you know, that person that can lock themselves away and get it all out on paper, or you know, or code it up, or you know, prove that you know, prove that concept out, or whatever. It actually does does the hard work. So. I guess what I'm saying is that entrepreneurs is almost, in my experience, never successful by themselves. It's not a one-man army. It's really how successful you can be as a team. So it's what are those traits, to go back to your question, you need to know how to be a part of a team and you also maybe need to know how to influence a team, not necessarily be the leader of the team, but influence others. So that's the one skill is how do you, how do you get more then you might be able to produce just on your own and be aware enough to know where you need to pull in others' help. That also, just like the leadership example we talked about earlier, I think is a rare trait. So when you do find it, you got to keep those people in your organization. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, you know, it's, it, I, I haven't really thought of this in, in this way before. I mean, I, I agree with what you're saying and yet I, you know, as a, I know you've been an entrepreneur as well. Like as an entrepreneur, I can't take credit for, you know, most of the successes that I've had, you know, so in other words, there's a bit of shared, you know, you have, you, no one ever really does anything. I mean, I'm sure it's happened before and, and, and stuff like that, but you know, no one ever truly does something alone. But I, I do think that there's a, a, a nuance that you're, that you're describing as far as, maybe it comes back to ego maybe it comes back to well i want to you know put this flag in the ground or whatever as you know this is greg's thing and everybody else can rally around greg's flag or whatever versus being okay with being part of a larger organization that was there sometimes long before you and will be there long after you making a big impact in that and and perhaps being you know having a conference room or a whatever named after you or whatever, whatever the case may be. But I think maybe it's about how you get satisfaction out of your work or, or something. I don't, yeah, I, uh, I this yeah. is probably something for, for, for further discussion too, down the road. We could go in so many different ways, I'm sure. Um, as we have in the past, I think. Right, right. But no, I think I think I guess if I had to sum it all up, it's a certain level of humbleness and selflessness, I think is the most important thing because to be, I think, a really successful entrepreneur, right, or the ones that really make the outsized impact, you have to be thinking about the organization probably before yourself. Yeah. And I think when I'm talking about you mentioned culture, absolutely, but 
from, I guess, a personal attribute standpoint, you know, are you creating a culture where people challenge you? Are you surrounding yourself with diverse thought? And do you intentionally try to facilitate debate? Yeah. I think some of those types of things are either the leader that's finding the entrepreneur or the entrepreneur themselves need, need to embody. There are certainly those organizations out there that, you know, it is because there is a genius there and everyone kind of falls in line and like piggybacks off that. And I think the more that culture persists, the less people are willing to speak up, which means you're fostering maybe less diverse thought, which might down the road lead to less innovation for the company and to build an organization that's so contingent on whether it's a small group or one person's thoughts. Um, I think that's what, you know, lays the, the, the sets the stage, I guess, for long-term success. And I think that's what we're ultimately talking about is how do you build a more sustainable organization or an organization that yeah. continuously fosters an entrepreneurship or innovation and things of that sort. So being able to have that long-term vision um, and understand how you can make it sustainable versus just, you know, I need to meet this one metric or, you know, you've got that one leader that's just looking in for themselves or their stock package or, you know, their exit strategy. Yeah. You know, I think all of those things really contribute to that environment and that culture um, where entrepreneurship can th thrive or not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. So we're, um, we're almost at the, at the top of the show here and, you know, on the, on the Agile Brown shows, I always ask guests for a piece of advice. I'm going to, I'll answer first and I'll let, let you have the last, uh, the last word here, but yeah. You know, my my question to both of us really is, you know, what what's a piece of advice for that person that's listening to this saying, you know, yeah, like this this is this is me. What should I do? So, you know, my my advice to them would be to really we can't know the future and and we can't necessarily know how chains of decisions and and requests are going to go, but try to envision could you imagine yourself growing something and growing something significant where you currently are. And and if that's so, not just can you from a culture perspective, but can you personally deal with because you're I mean, entrepreneurship has its set of challenges, but you're going to get rejection, you're gonna you're gonna get a bruised ego, you're gonna fail. There, there, all of those things, there, there, there are differences and risks as you know, Adam, as, as you were saying, but I would just say really try to envision that and and if you can do that where you are then then go for it and and hopefully have the support of of leadership. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, real quick follow-up question I guess before I I answer what else do you think we're going to get out of the, you know, some of these subsequent interviews in this show, you know, we'll obviously dig into some of this stuff, but from the varying like what what are the varying perspectives I guess on this that that you're most uh, interested in, in kind of unearthing. I mean, we can talk all day, but um, yeah. really, we, we got to bring in some other thought here and uh, yeah. really put some definition around what entrepreneurship is. Yeah, I mean, I think I would love to know what the bounds are of you know what when when does when does someone actually become almost an entrepreneur, even you know as a spinoff of an organization. You know, you can be so successful as an entrepreneur that they create a whole new division or company or, or whatever, you know, but like where, where are the bounds of, of where we see, you know, an, an entrepreneur or a, or a change agent. I think we're kind of using those, those terms interchangeably, you know, what, yeah. that, that would be one thing that would be fascinating to me as well as just, 
what are the cultural you know how how would how is the kind of culture that allows this and and allows this to thrive you know what how can that be defined so that others can uh, leaders listening to this because there's plenty of leaders out there listening to the show there's plenty of employees and aspiring leaders listening to the show like what are those hallmarks that they can look for to say okay yeah i'm in the right place i just need to put a proposal together or whatever, whatever the case may be. And that might be the third thing is just like, what does that look like? Do you like get your boss and like write a, a one page proposal of like, I got this idea. What would it take to do that? You know, what, what does it look like to actually take the first step to becoming one? So I, I mean, Uh, any, any of those three, I'd love to love to talk about. Interesting. Yeah. I like that. That 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 helps me kind of think through. I like how you say with the bounds, and I guess that makes me think about where we spent a lot of time today talking about you know maybe what differentiates an entrepreneur entrepreneur, but maybe what we can also do is explore you know in what ways that they're similar. And I think that's the advice I would give out to people is don't get hung up so much on the word. Right? There are some intrinsic motivations that you have to do good and and change the world for the better and bring innovation to market, right? Really the only difference between entrepreneur and entrepreneurship, I guess at the at the highest level is it's context. Are you doing it on your own? Or are you doing it within an organization? And both of those, you know, have certain certainly some other things to unpack there. But my advice to people is if if you're fancy yourself an entrepreneur or this type of stuff, you've always had a dream of starting your own thing, you know, First, take a look at where you're at. Just because you're working in an organization does not prevent you from innovating on some really cool idea or taking it to the next level or coming up with some brand new concept. The grass isn't always greener, you know, so let's let's first not give up everything that maybe we've worked for thus far. Um, you don't have to do 180 degrees on whatever career path you've you've charted, right? It might just be a small left turn. So there's there's a lot more available than I think people sometimes realize. Yeah, yeah, love it. Well, thanks everybody for listening to this special episode of the Agile Brand Podcast we call the Agile Brand Guide to Entrepreneurship. Adam and I will be uh, returning here well, pretty, pretty soon. So yeah, look, looking forward to it. Thanks again. Thanks. Thanks again for listening to the Agile Brand with Greg Kilstrom podcast brought to you by Tech Systems. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to subscribe on your podcast channel of choice and leave us a rating so that others can find the show more easily. You can access more episodes of the show at www.gregkillstrom.com. That's G-R-E-G-K-I-H-L-S-T-R-O-M.com. To get a copy of my latest book, House of the Customer, visit my website or you can find it on Amazon or other retailers. The Agile brand is produced by Missing Link, a Latina-owned, strategy-driven, creatively-fueled production co-op. From ideation to creation, they craft human connections through intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Until next time, stay agile.